Blog Talk Radio. Ray and Tay today. Yes, Sports Radio's on. Talking sports with friends, and you know we got it on. From the NFL to the NBA. MLB and college hoops do it all day. College football, we know who's number one. Understand, on the phones, you know we get it done. So call in 718-664-9098 and we'll give you more. Talking sports. there, Ray? Hello, 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 and welcome to the show. You are listening to Ray and Tay today, and I'm Tay, Eric Taylor. We're waiting to see if Ray is with us. Ray, you there? So, Ray should be with us any moment. We got a great show of Busy Sports Monday after the Yeah, I'm great. here. Some technical there difficulties. He is. I was in the queue waiting and waiting. But Here's I'm here. Ray. All What's good. up, Ray? All good. So tell him your name, man. It's Ray of Ray <laughs> and Tay today. <laughs> oh, man. It's good to hear you, Ray. So listen, man. I mean, we had a great Sports weekend. We'll get into the Heisman, the you know NFL, some college basketball, NBA, good stuff. But we got to start with the NFL. And Ray, you're never happy for anyone to lose their job, but there are times where, for other people's jobs and a franchise, and for the betterment of 53-man roster, there's some things that just need to be done, and potentially are long overdue. And today. With three games left and a short week with the game one Sunday, I mean Thursday, the Los Angeles Rams finally fired Jeff Fisher, who has just, you know, what, 10 out of 13 years had losing records and, you know, on hard knocks, I don't want to be a, you know, 8-8 eight eight team, I don't want to be no effing 7-9 team. Well, they'll be lucky to get to 7-9 this year. They already have nine losses. So I ask you this. Um, I missed the press conference at 6 o'clock. I don't know if Les Need is going to go. I want your thoughts on both of them. And we've spoken off air, but where do you think the Rams, I mean, for me, it's strictly offense that they need to go to. And we know they need to draft and sign some free agents. But what's the overall projection, you think, of a team that we both think have some very good pieces in golf, a defense, and a running back, Give me your thoughts on Jeff Fisher and and the franchise of the Los Angeles Rams. So we texted off air, and I said, this franchise is in trouble. They're more talented than Cleveland and New York Jets, but they're just as dysfunctional. The question is not, should Jeff Fisher have been fired? (laughs) The question is, why the heck did you give him a two-year extension a month ago. I mean, what was that all about? And we were trying to speculate, and we, we were like, well, maybe they're just buying time until their new stadium is built. Maybe they just want to keep fans in the stands and show some stability. But this is a guy who, ever since Kevin Dyson was a yard short <laughs> of that goal line and Never basically up, upsetting the Rams – in that 2000, uh, sorry, that uh, 1999 Super Bowl, yeah. really hasn't done anything. And he's had a lot of talent on defense. Now, he could argue that, that the offense wasn't ever really there. But you know what? Then you make noise and you shake, you know, shake the tree a little bit. But, uh, you know, the, the GM might be gone. They need to blow the whole thing up, and certainly offensively. So I agree with you 100%. You need to come in there with an offensive coach or at least a defensive coach. Let's say if you get a defensive head coach, somebody that is not Rex Ryan. In other words, somebody that gives his offensive coordinator freedom and allows an offensive coordinator to, to get creative because they don't have the talent on offense. Jared Goff is a big question mark. Todd Gurley, who was everybody's, you know, Top five NFL running back now, you know, people are starting to question: Is he is he really that good? Is he he's know, next great? Here? I mean, but you but you know, it's it's a poor offensive line. Look, 
a healthy scratch, Greg Robinson, who was their first-round pick, what, two years ago? He's not even starting some games. I mean, it, they've, Number they've gotten two some overall pick talent, and they've made some mistakes, and they don't draft enough offensively. They didn't fix the line, and we both said, how do you go into a season with – Tavon Austin, Brian Quick, and Kenny Britt as your three receivers. It's not enough. I mean, it's insulting not in free agency to go after somebody. Now, this year, have a game plan. Go get your alignment. Spend some money and get Alshon Jeffrey. Or get Michael Floyd, who, you know, just had the DUI and unhealthy. Get him on a cheap, you need to prove it, you know, $6 million, two-year deal and make him prove it and hope that he becomes a, a, the receiver that he should be. I mean, do something. But, Ray, well, you've got to have some in imagination. You've got to think that playing in L.A., too, makes them much more attractive to free agents, right? To move out oh, of St. Definitely. Louis to L.A. They'll be able to get guys. Yeah. Don't you think they would get up. a dynamic coach? If you're a coach, you'd say, you know what, I can fix Goff. He's got the tools. He hasn't looked horrible. And I can I can build off of a solid running game. Give me some time with Goff, and I'll get some offensive line. And I'm inheriting a draft. great defense. And I got, a, I got a, maybe the second best player in football in Aaron Donald. Um, you know, I mean, this guy's a monster, and the defense is good. They do need another corner, though, since they let Janoris Jenkins, and we'll get to him in a minute, you know, go to the Giants. But um, very, very uh, interesting day, and we'll see how that plays out. Um, before we get to the games, let's talk a little bit about these injuries and just the playoffs. So Ryan Tannehill looks like he might have got a break but might not make it back in terms of not having an ACL tear. It's just an MCL sprain. So good for him and Dolphins Nation, right? But are you, are you, do you think that they're basically done without him, that Matt Moore can't continue forward? Done. Or, done. Yeah, done. I'm done. Yeah, I just can't see it because, you know, they're 8-5 and five right now. And in order to make the, the playoffs, right, they probably have to win 10 games in the AFC, yeah. but certainly nine. So nine and, and a tie break. So I don't know how what the tie break situation is um, because obviously the, the loser in the AFC West is going to be one of the wild cards. And then probably that second team in the AFC West, which right now is Denver, at eight and five is gonna is gonna be the second candidate well, battling between Steelers Ravens loser because both well, those teams well, keep winning. Yeah, but <laughs> you, you got to figure Steelers Ravens loser might not make it, but maybe right. Okay, so so that that team right now, well, especially if it's a Ravens win tonight, but we'll talk about that yeah. in a sec. But uh, yeah. yeah, Steelers Ravens loser potentially, and then maybe even the the Titans Texans loser. So you got to figure. Look, it's theirs to lose, but I just don't know here. I'll pull up their schedule right now. They they need to win two out of three for sure, uh, and and let's see if they can. I mean, their schedule, well, they have the Jets, the Bills, and the Patriots. So if you want to look at the glass half full, you might think to yourself, the Patriots might not be playing for anything, well, although they probably 17, will. That's right. They probably will, though. They might be playing for home field because whoever's winning that AFC West is going to be probably within a game of the Patriots one way or the other. So that game might might actually count in game 17 uh, just for seeding. But if it's between the one and the two seed, I don't know. Maybe they sit some of their guys. But anyway, Patriots. They probably do. Remember last year the Patriots didn't play for the one-two seed last year. That didn't bother them, which I thought was weird. Remember they lost to Miami week 17 last year. Yeah, so, yeah, they figured, they figured they, uh, you they never know. going to Denver. But they, so, wait, they going did. into Monday night, let me just give them this. Going into Monday night, it's Patriots 1, the Chiefs 2, the Steelers 3, the Texans 4, Kansas, I mean, uh, Oakland 5, and number 6 is Miami. So you have Denver right there at 7 and Baltimore at 8, and Tennessee is at 9, but they're kind of right there tied, and they do play the Texans' last game of the season. And you know Tennessee is my pick. Um, I want to ask you this. So let's let's talk about the other injuries though, because Melvin Gordon is is probably you know week to week they thought it would be worse. It's a hip week to week, and then Aaron Rodgers uh, hurt the calf. Are you concerned about him? And we'll get to their game, but just 
Just going forward, before we recap, are you concerned about Rodgers and his health um, playing injured, which he's done before? No. No, he's done it before, and he said he's running the table, yeah. and he's running the table. That's Aaron Rodgers. That's a Rod What about right the fingers? There. What about the fingers of Stafford, Matthew Stafford, and Derek Carr? That Both I'm more worried injuries. about. Aaron Rodgers has played okay. with the same injury two straight years. He's had this calf injury late in the right. season, so I don't know if it's maybe he don't stretch thing. enough, Ray. I don't think exactly. I don't think he stretches. Gatorade, the stretch. I could get him. I could give him some be. stretches because your boy's been known <laughs> to pull some hamstrings and some calves. And, you we know, gotta you talk gotta, to you gotta, uh, our boy Ed, Ed Go Go Lovelace. You know, have get, him come yeah, and talk to him. Stretch it out, but. Uh, Yes, I am concerned. Derek Carr, Carr yeah. David Carr, sorry. You know how I always like to say. No, Derek. Derek is Derek. Derek. That's right. Yeah. I keep saying David. <laughs> I mean Derek. So Derek Carr looked terrible uh, last week. And, and it was totally on Thursday. Yeah. And it was the finger. Was totally this guy's finger. a very accurate quarterback, and accuracy is not his issue. Uh, but he's going to have to learn how to play with that. So will Matthew Stafford. Uh, the good thing is that both of these teams now. If you think well, the about Lions it, have a tough schedule. They could lose. The Lions have playoffs. a tough schedule. So on the one hand, they could you know maybe lose the division. On the other hand, they could be the number two seed in the conference. So there's right, a the huge number two now. swing. There's a huge swing for the Lions. So there's going to be a lot of pressure on Matt. Tepper. I mean, could you imagine to get a home playoff game and a bye? In Detroit, what a turnaround, the season that they lose Calvin Johnson. So a lot of pressure on Stafford. you got to like Carr, though, a little better only because he's got a running game. He's got playmakers. He's got guys that can take right. a little bit more of the pressure off of him. I feel like uh, Matthew is all on him. Detroit, right. In order for Theoretic Detroit to win, this week. Yeah. Stafford's got to do more than Derek Carr's got to do. He's gotta, he's gotta, Derek Carr's got to do more than he did in Kansas City. <laughs> But he doesn't have to do as much as, as uh, Matt Stafford has to do to have Detroit get that number two seed. So let's look at the NFC. It's Dallas 1, right? You know, they finally had their second loss to the Giants, 11-2. and two. Then Detroit second, Seattle third. We'll talk about that loss. Tampa is now fourth. They have the tiebreaker because they beat the Saints over the Falcons. Fifth is the Giants and the Falcons who – Ray, they are hanging in there. Give them credit. Eight and five, they're number six. Now you've got the Redskins seven, only a half game out. That half, that tie might benefit them. Um, we'll see. And then number eight is the um, Green Bay Packers. Now the Vikings are right there. They're seven and six. How do you think this plays out? Do you see the Redskins or Packers have a shot? Or are you thinking the Falcons could fade away? Or do they win and Tampa falls out? Tampa's got a tough schedule playing uh, Dallas. Dallas uh, yeah. this week, but Tampa's um, got the, the tough way ta- schedule. The way that they're looking, though, wouldn't you say it's hey, it's got to be tough for teams playing Tampa? That's, That's true. But real. I like the they Packers, five in a row? though. The Packers control their destiny, in even in that division. Yeah. I think because, because they play the Lions, we the Bears, the Vikings, right? and the Lions. Yeah. So it's going to be fascinating. Yeah, if they run the table. They're definitely in as, I would imagine, they're in as the wild card. They may not win the division because Detroit would have to lose again. Uh, but if Detroit loses again, they win the division because they would have won yeah, the tiebreaker against Dallas, Detroit. Yeah. So they've got, they've got the best. Now, in terms of Minnesota, that would be the most disappointing because I feel like the, you know we had a writer from Minnesota. House, yeah, Vikings corner, Daniel House. Yeah. And, you know, these guys have – Probably the most, you know, sort of up and downs. But they've had, them and the Chargers have had the worst season for injuries. Vikings, Chargers, and Bills have just been decimated, Ray. They They really have. They do. You know what's interesting? Those three teams. They play the Colts next week, uh, this coming week. And you've got to think the loser of that game is probably done. Done. They're done. You're right. It's a must-win game. So that's a – the playoffs essentially started for several teams. They're on the, the clock, right? Dallas lost oh, the game, so what? Yeah, the right? last but, three but, weeks, because it's so tight, everybody, it's a must win for everybody. Because it's so tight. So let's start with Sunday Night Football, man. I mean, not really a great game. I think the most, the thing that has surprised me the most is that without JPP, the Giants were like, you know, you know, you know me. We're still, we're still here. We're down with the defense because 
that was an impressive performance. And Janoris Jenkins, first of all, I don't even know what's up with Des Bryant. Nine targets, only one catch. He has the fumble. He seems so mentally not there. And that one of the interceptions, he could have tried to break it up, and he, he didn't even try. Like, you know, and then Odell, people like to talk about him, Ray. But I'm like, just just shut up and enjoy the talent. And maybe he needs to shut up sometimes too. But, oh, my goodness, I, Eli has no right to ever lecture this kid because without him, Eli is Nathan. What makes Eli, when he looked so bad and didn't look great last night, he took that – he Across did have a lot of drops, pass. though, Eli, and I'm not an Eli fan. No, you no, he me. did I drop that one. You're right, yeah. He had a lot of drops. Eli put the ball on target for a cold-weather game outdoors in New York. It wasn't it very was a windy, little windy. sometimes it is. Yeah. I mean, but it, yeah. we've seen it windier, right? Yeah, no, no, definitely. Eli played fine. I think his receivers let him down a little bit, and it just comes down. And this is what – So th- this, is where, this is where you, you kind of – this is where you – understand these football coaches that are like, just give me the talented guy and I'll figure yeah. it out, right? The game was basically even, right? If if, um, if your boy can is not doesn't miss the 55-yarder Dan Bailey at the half, it's tied up 10-10. But the point yep. is the game is decided, right? The Giants D played great all game. But the oh, single amazing. most important play of the game is a seven-yard cross. Took it. Took it to the house. <laughs> and what, what's my new word? What's my new word? Specialer. Specialer. <laughs> and and the truth is, he really is in a in a class class of his own. Oh. I mean, this guy is more explosive than Jerry Rice. I'm not saying he's better. He's more explosive than right. Jerry Rice. He has hands that are just as good, if not better, than Jerry Rice. So you say to yourself. This guy, if he has his head on, right, can be in a class of Jerry Rice. I mean, he, he, why not? Everything yeah. is there. I mean, we'll see who the who the quarterback is his, the second half of his career because obviously Eli Manning's you know can't, can't go but so long, and, and Beckham probably has ten, twelve you know years ahead of him. But but this guy is is just special, and this is why you put up with craziness. You put up with the stuff that happened with Josh Norman. You put up with him like kicking the. The, the the post that the kicker uses, you know, oh, what I mean? the little uh, it's nothing, yeah. <laughs> and his teammates are like, and look, to be honest, his teammates are like, we didn't even notice it. I mean, you know, the media talks about that stuff, and the TV cameras follow it, but we're on the sideline, and we don't know what the hell he's doing. You know what I mean? So it's kind of funny. Like in one sense, it becomes this big deal, but with the with the 50, with the fifty two other men, they're kind of like, uh, yeah, I didn't notice he proposed or kicked the thing and it hit him bad, and you know, they didn't even see it so i don't know it's kind of fascinating but i'll tell you this ray but you, if the defense plays like point. this if the defense plays like this the giants could be a hard out because well, Rashard remember, Jennings is starting to run rem- and shane vereen is back remember when they won their two super bowls mm-hmm. they were nine and seven both years i think they won road playoff games and the defense, the East Bay, was involved Green Bay. with one of them. And, yeah, the first year it was Tampa, Dallas, and Green Bay. Uh, this team, this is a formula. Now, losing JPP is huge, though. I don't think they can win the Super Bowl without, you know, even get, go deep in the playoffs without him. Uh, no. Because Olivier Vernon is good. Game. Yeah. And, and Jenkins is good. And, obviously, you know, the, the rookie yeah. safety. But he, he's special, and you need JPP. It's going to be hard. But they can make the playoffs and maybe steal one win. And crush somebody else's dreams, which is, you know, hey, they, what could what could Giant fran, fans ask for after last season, right? I mean, what you know, what else could you say? And let's just wrap up this game. I'm not look. Let's be honest. Dak had a rough what second half in Washington, not so great against Minnesota, and then this game. I'm not ready to bench him. You know, he he didn't play well. But I think at the same time, they play some good defenses. And I do think he'll be okay. I will say this. I wouldn't be afraid to go to Tony. Some people saying even if they went to a backup, whether it be after they clinched or whatever, that it's going to be Sanchez because they want to trade Tony. And I'm like, okay, you can think like that. But at the same time, Tony also can, with his talent at the position, 
he can win you a game See, because he's I, I such a dynamic quarterback. And you have to remember that the last time the Cowboys won was 1995 Super Bowl that was played in 06, I mean, uh, in 96 against your Steelers. So they haven't won in 21 years. These Super Bowls are so far and few in between. If you think there's a chance that Tony Romo might be called upon, whether because of performance or whether because of injury to Dak Prescott, you have to play him. You can't wait and say, I'm going to hold out and and trade value. You have to strike while the iron's hot. You have the best record in football. You're tied with the, depending on what happens with the New New England Patriots tonight. If you have a chance, you've got to go all in. These chances don't come by that often. So, Tony Romo. And why would you go to Sanchez? I think that's a dumb well, way. Well, you only go to Sanchez if to... you fear that Romo is a hit away from basically his career being over, and you get no trade value. If that's the case, I get so it. What? I get it. If that's the case, right. so, so what? Be it. So yeah. be it. You live. With, you live with it. It's only money. It's only uh, you know a hit against the cap. I think stru- structurally he takes less of a hit next year and, and the following year. But the point is, don't sleep on your opportunities. Seattle is banged up. They can't score. Uh, New England doesn't and Earl, have missing Earl Thomas is emotional. I think emotionally Denver they were not there score. yesterday in Green Bay. Yeah. Atlanta can't defend. Aaron Rodgers isn't right. You know, the, the it's wide open Super Bowl for Cowboys. is there for the taking. You have to be yeah. all in. That means Romo. That means everybody. You have to and be all to in. And to me, that means Week 17 I'm not. Maybe I don't start Romo, but he needs to play at least a half, if not three quarters, because he needs to knock the rust off. And let's be realistic. If I got a call on him and he has to win me a game, the guy's got to at least play before then. So I'm gonna we'll say something even let's... more outrageous. I'm gonna go college right. style on you and say that I'm getting Romo meaningful minutes, if only to make the defensive coordinators of the other teams ah. have to prepare for him, because you know what. Dak is only a rookie, and, and he wouldn't be devastated if he got pulled for Tony Romo. If, if it was a playoff game and it was three quarters and they're down 17-6 and you need, you know, you need your guy, to, Dak's the future, right? No problem yeah. with that. But yeah. I need to win this week, and if this You're week right. means putting Tony Romo in, you know, Chris Leak, Tim Tebow style, well then so be yeah. it. We're gonna go to college style. And 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 I'm not even bluffing, but the added benefit is the fact that the defensive coordinators have to prepare for two quarterbacks. They're not completely different in style. That's a great no, a that's bit. a great point. That's a great point. So we'll give props to Tampa and Atlanta. I think they both showed – I mean, you can't say anything about the Falcons game because it's not even showing defense against a, an offense that's so inept, 42-14. But with Tampa, that was impressive to hold them to 11 points to the Saints, 16-11. But I want to ask you about the other 4 o'clock game, not the Jets, one in overtime. Big shot to them, right? But Green Bay, Ray, you were high on them. These are both of our Super Bowl picks for the NFC and I still like Seattle, but Earl Thomas, I'm, more con- I'm not so much concerned about that as I'm concerned about they have no identity offensively and they're so inconsistent. How do you have 10 points against, uh, uh, I guess, a little bit better than average Green Bay Packer defense? And, yes, they played well that game, but uh, I was kind of baffled. Do you know what I mean? Like 10 points and you get blown out at 38. I could see if you lost 26-20 or uh, – Five interceptions. Now, two of five them were bounces – off his receiver's hands, right? Off so of, take two right, of them off. Right. But, but still well, three. Wow. Let's say three is horrible, right? I mean, give me your thoughts. What did you think? And also were you surprised how well the Packers were able to stop Thomas Rawls? But he only had 12 carries. 12 carries, yeah. I mean, you know, at a certain point, the game gets away from you, right? You're down 21-3 yeah. at the half, so you're starting yeah. to pass. And in some ways you're thinking maybe this is a blessing in disguise force a relatively healthy now Russell Wilson to pass, Mm -hmm. to force it down the field, to get his receivers, who I don't think are bad, Baldwin and Lockett and, of course, Jimmy Graham. And and now they even picked up Marcel Reese. They've got some – They've got some some guys and and McAvoy like the, the new kids on the block, 
So I actually thought that this would be a blessing in disguise. Even if they lost, I thought that they would at least get into a shootout, maybe force them to, to get their offense right. But once again, like you said, they have no identity. Are they a tough – you know they're kind of a roughneck team on defense, but what are they on offense? Offense is soft. So that offensive be, line, ugh. But the offensive line plays well at times, and then, at and times. then it kind of reverts back to the – you know that phrase in, base, in baseball, right? Like you revert back to the back of your baseball card, right? At the end right. of the day, these are kind of journeymen, not-so-accomplished offensive linemen. So maybe, but this maybe. Is a, but is this an issue with, to me, where the owner has got to be like, okay, I love Carroll and I love um, – I forget the GM's name, but – I think they've made a horrible assessment since they lost to the Patriots in the Super Bowl, Ray, to let two, you know, two or three different starting offensive linemen go, um, and you know, one and obviously in a trade for Graham. But I think it was, I think it was the wrong move because it took away who they were physically, but then also protecting. They're thinking, oh, we have an athletic quarterback, but you have a little athletic quarterback. And so when you don't protect him and he's, you know, liable to get hurt, you're just messing him up. And he needs a clean pocket. He's not 6'6". He's 5'11". I mean, that's, it, it was so an wonder, asinine move. No, you're actually you're, – you're right. And, and Schneider's considered one of the better GMs in the league, and I think he is. Right. You know, I, I think it was calculated. And – you could go oh, it's definitely back calculated, the... but it's the wrong calculation. It's biting, well, it's biting them in the butt. But here's the thing. I think it's totally biting But them. here's the thing. They had to put the money into the defense, right? They figured we got to keep this Legion of Boom together. Uh, you know, with the right. with the exception of Averill, who went over to uh, the Raiders, they basically – Bobby Irvin. That... They still got Averill, yeah. Bobby Irvin. I mean, Irvin, sorry. Uh, Bruce Irvin. Irvin went – yeah. Went to the Raiders – they still have the core of that defense. You know, Maxwell came and go, came and went, and, and and they've had a little bit of turnover there. But right, for the most Wagner, part, they had to pay they, and Bennett and the whole secondary. They put that oh, so I, much I money in there. Yeah, yeah. Earl Thomas got big money, and Chancellor got his money eventually after the holdout. Uh, uh, you know, obviously Earl Thomas is getting paid. So. Did they overpay on the – did they do like the, the, the Peyton Manning? Did they overpay on one side of the football and now they're paying the price on the other side? Well, remember, they also paid Russell, and that that's what threw everything off kilter to. Right? And, no, and no, what, I'm not saying you don't have to, but it just – I think it flipped it. I, I just wonder, well, did you have to trade for Graham? Did you have to trade Unger for Graham? Did you have to do that move? I don't think you had to. Do you think, though, that – if they kept Max Unger, knowing that Marshawn Lynch was going to retire, they didn't know that they had a, a I don't want to call him a star, but a, a very good player in Rawls. They didn't know that Procise would be this good. So if you thought to yourself, we're going to have a below-average running game, and we're going to have Curse Lockett and Baldwin as our receivers, I would think that you would need explosiveness somewhere either from the running back position, and if Jimmy Graham was available, um, I'm okay with the Jimmy Graham. I, I don't like the fact that they don't get him involved, but the fact but that you know whether as well as I do. If, Unger, but, Ray, if you don't I'm have okay an offensive line, you can't pass or run. I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean? At the end of the day, the teams that are going to go deep in the playoffs, and this happens every year, who wind up getting to the Super Bowl or whatever, they've got a, a better-than-average offensive line. Even the Broncos last year, the offensive line was – it was pretty good. It wasn't great. The Panthers' offensive line was pretty good. But, I mean, usually most teams with good offensive lines, they go pretty far. Yeah, fair you enough. I guess, I guess what I'm saying is, you know, you, you have to backfill. If you're going to trade Max Unger, you've got to have a, a, a plan to get you, a, you know, an, a, an average to above average center. And like you said, you got a small-ish quarterback. You got a, a quarterback. You got to keep people off of him, or at least give him passing lanes. So, yeah, I, I still I'm okay with Schneider and, and their bet. Look, they could still win it all. Uh, that's how that's how crazy yeah, this no. this no this totally is. Because it could have just been a one-week anomaly where emotionally they were like, oh, we miss Earl. And then next week they figure it out and come back. You know what I mean? Because Earl is such a leader. too many of these zeros, I'm calling them in quotes. Uh, yeah, no, offense. you're right. It's, it's, it's bizarre. And then look, but the week before they killed the Panthers and looked great. 
Let's talk about the AFC South. Two games. Texans, Colts, it was kind of just bad football. But uh, i got to make a big statement. So I'll brag about my Titans because I, you know, told you about them with Denver. We'll get to that in the fight in a minute. But I, I'm disappointed in Andrew Luck because, to me, if you're the cat's meow, you're the bee's knees, the best leader of the young quarterbacks, yada, 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 you don't lose this game at home, division, everything on the line to the Texans without J.J. Watt in a horrible offense. Hopkins did nothing. It was Lamar Miller and, and a bunch of, like, you know, C.J. Fedorowicz. Are you kidding me? I, I, I'm disappointed in Andrew Luck, and I, I don't even know what I to say. I am, too. I predicted this game, though, to go to Houston, and, and something is, is, is wrong in Indianapolis. And I don't know if Andrew Luck feels like he has to do too much. If he just doesn't have confidence in his offensive coordinator in the system, maybe he doesn't have confidence in the defense, but he doesn't sleep well at night. I can see it. I can see it. He's nervous. He's he's doesn't let the game flow, and I feel like he's he's a little tense. He's oh, trying 45 to attempts, what? 24 for 45. That's not good either. You need a running game. And Frank is getting too old. He's been heroic as much as Frank can be, but it's too much. Right. Ty goes off, tried. but I mean, they tried. They traded for Trent Richardson, and he turned out to be a bust. Uh, they brought in the veteran in Frank Gore. Grigson and our boy are gone. The coach they're is gone, gone, and the GM is yeah, gone. Yeah, gone. They, they, you know, so the Rams and Ram, Rams and Colts need to start over. Talk to me a minute, man. Give me, give me my props. Tennessee, that was impressive, Ray. And they didn't play yeah. their best game. They didn't. They really didn't play well, and they still won. That's a huge victory because they, they stood were up to physical the with them. And yes, they, they were did. able to. Yes, and they, they were did. able to, you know, now, push them in the mouth. Was Harry and, Douglas? And was that a cheap shot to you? I think that was kind of a little bush league. I think it was Harry a Douglas. cheap shot. Yeah. I think, it, I think it was a cheap shot. You know, it's. I think to leave to leave my shank him. He better not see him. He better call Tony <laughs> Douglas his brother in the NBA. I'm like, yo, I need some security, yo, because oh to leave is gonna shank me. <laughs> and and let's give for a minute. Let's give a little props to the Redskins, right? Um, I gotta say, look, the Eagles' defense. If one thing for the Eagles that shows up pretty much every week, it's the defense, and. You know, Cousins found a way with a banged-up Jordan Reed who came back and didn't do much and, you know, didn't play much and, you know, things looking like they were going right for the Eagles. And he just, you know, gave it to Robert Kelly 16 times. He wasn't running so well, but he did get the touchdown. But Cousins just found a way to get it to Jackson and Garcon and just win a game. That was a win-ugly game that mess around might you know, propel them forward to making the playoffs for the Redskins. It just might, right? You know what? That tie is going to be very interesting. It's either going to cost them, obviously. They're going to be within a half game right. of the playoffs. Let's put it that It'll way. It'll help them or hurt them, out. right? Be, yeah, exactly. Uh, you're totally but, right. yeah, you gotta be, you got to be excited if you're a Washington fan. And, and you know what? Kirk Cousins is getting that money. So back yeah. up the Brinks truck. Kurt's getting it. <laughs> And they've gone through some adversity with with um, now now the talk is you know Deshaun Jackson's contributing finally and they're like oh yeah he's gonna go back to Philly like why would you have that talk in the middle of the season you know when 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 you're down the stretch in the playoffs I gotta tell you the way he's looking yeah if the way he's looking I'd actually be like you know what I'm gonna keep him (laughs) you know funny I mean I'm down on him you know as as a fantasy player. But sort of like Mike Wallace resurgence this year, Deshaun Jackson's actually played pretty darn good. So I, I might keep him. So let, let's end this before we make our Monday and Thursday picks with this no game up in Buffalo. Now the rumors were not true yet. You know they weren't firing Rex today. I didn't think they would. Um, Tyrod is going to start next week. You know maybe week sixteen and seventeen they give Cardell Jones a chance, which I think they probably should. I don't see why not. But, look, Buffalo all season, I think with all the injuries, I think they've played pretty darn good. And I'm not saying that you can't get somebody better than Rex, but I just don't think that you just keep firing coaches, you know, just to fire them. Like, I mean, if he's done something or there was something so horrible and egregious, like, I I just don't get it because to me, Ray, with all the injuries and he's at 6-7 and and maybe he winds up 7-9 or 8-8, I don't know. 
but I don't know. I, I don't think any of this is on Rex to me. Shady's look good. The defense has been pretty darn good. They're scrappy as heck. They got jerked from that Seahawk game, which they probably could have won, which would have them 7-6. and six. And let's just be honest, Le'Veon with special lure. I mean, woof, are you kidding me? Three touchdowns. 238, 236 yards, career rushing record for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Ben didn't even play well. It was all Le'Veon. I mean, how do you look at it? First of all, I know you now, and you've been with me on this, but the Steelers, they get into the playoffs, they can they can beat anybody, right? That offense and what Le'Veon is doing, this team is scary. And if they do get the two tight ends with Jesse James and Ladarius Green going and their receivers – and the defense is looking pretty decent, watch out for Pittsburgh. I'm the lyrical Jesse James. Uh, <laughs> yes. And, uh, you know, this is one of those teams where it's an offensive nightmare or a defensive nightmare, I guess, if you have to face their offense. The Pittsburgh Steelers are one of those teams where you just don't want to see them in the playoffs because the defense can surprise you and play well, and the Party offense burn. can blow you out. The offense can put 40 on you just in, in in a quick heartbeat. I mean, it's very rare that you have a top three running back, a top three wide receiver, and a Hall of Fame quarterback all at once. You usually prepare for maybe two of the three, but <laughs> to put all three at the same time, that's scary. And so, you know, Bill Belichick philosophy, right? I'm going to take away one guy. Well, guess what? If you take away Le'Veon Bell, that's great because I still have Antonio Brown on the team, and I still have more weapons. So if you take up Brown, Bell will get you for 236 Pittsburgh Steelers franchise record. So that's a, you don't want to see the Steelers. I, I, you know, I, I can say that of all the teams in the AFC, uh, if I'm like – an imaginary team like I'm Madden NFL 16 I don't want to see the Steelers I'd rather play the Patriots Patriots I'm scared of Belichick basically Belichick and Brady right that combination they're not the same since they got rid of Jamie Collins I think he made a huge mistake this year you know uh, Denver can't score Uh, the Oakland Raiders defense is not consistently good enough Carr doesn't get healthy he's a mess yeah it's wide open Say I'm so so that Steelers team. I'm and you're not afraid of the Chiefs. The Steelers are not afraid of Kansas City. They're just not because well, they're not consistently they're diametrically explosive. opposed teams in terms of they each have yes. identities and their identities. Yes. And it would be nice to see strength on strength, right? Your offense against our defense. Uh, so that would actually be a great matchup. No, you're right about that. So let's get to Monday night, man. I mean, this one's hard, you know. I, I tell you, the Patriots are not covering whatever the spread went up to or went down to. I think it was six and six and a half, bounced around. That's a little fishy to me. But I will tell you this. I think the Ravens are going to give them one heck of a scare. And part of me, you know, I've been gun-shy on picking some upsets this year. I wasn't on Tennessee. I won't pick the Ravens as an upset because I don't want them to win. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I think that they could. I'm going to take the Patriots 24-23 just because I think they'll be able to do enough. Like, you know, so if Jimmy Smith neutralizes Edelman, he's going to find a way to do stuff with James White and Deion Lewis and then Chris Hogan and Mitchell. They'll just have to use them. And I think grown man strength, Steve Smith, and, and, and Perryman might catch a bomb. This is going to be a sneaky good game, and it could go down to the wire. So I'll, I'll take the Patriots 24-23, but I wouldn't be shocked if the Ravens shocked the world and went up to New England and just did their business. What month are we in? December. December. Well, you know, December – has been Patriots time. Uh, the Ravens have had a couple good runs in the playoffs, but that's more like January. And that was with, uh, you know, Ray Lewis, Ed Reed, Haloti Nada, Terrell Suggs, and the fellas. So I'm going to say that despite the injuries and despite losing Jamie Collins and despite some of what 
the adversity that the New England Patriots have faced. In December, don't mess with New England Patriots. Don't mess with Brady. Don't mess with Belichick. And don't give them an extra day to prepare. So I'm going to say that they come out guns blazing, finding just random cats. Hogan, Hogan's hero, Gilligan, uh, Mary Ann. Like, they'll pull out some people you never heard of, and they'll find them. And they got some receivers. Now Mitchell is, is stepping up. They got some receivers that Brady can just spread the ball around to, and he's not necessarily going to mismatches. It's really just that those short picks, those innovative Josh McDaniel. By the way, Josh McDaniel goes and and is back in the uh, in the head coaching discussion. So people are going to be looking at Especially him. Especially with so the Rams. Kind of yeah, he's on display. Wait, I'm going to warm your heart, though. I'm going to warm your heart. I threw something out there on Twitter to some gentlemen, including Mr. NFL and NFL Network, Mike Silver, who, you know, is all up in the California, North, North, you know, Bay Area and everything, close with the Niners and everything. But I threw out there that maybe the Rams should go ahead and offer that job and hire friend to the Ray and Tay show, Coach David Shaw from Stanford. And he said, he responded to us, Ray, and he said, you know what, <laughs> maybe they should. And uh, plenty. And he basically said, you know, a lot of teams would love, you know, to make that move. And I think it's, I think it's a conversation piece because it's so easy to recycle. Now, Anthony Lynn wouldn't be a recycle, the OC of Buffalo, but it's easy to say, oh, Kyle Shanahan or, or McDaniels or this and that or whatever. And then, you know, the NFL, you know, guys, you know, Lovey and Mike Smith, yada, yada, yada. No, I think they're going offense. But to me, maybe, maybe after this season in Stanford, maybe, you know, and maybe it's still L.A. It's not, it's not San Fran, but maybe it's still Cali. Maybe they could lure him to coach the L.A. Rams. And Jared Goff, he likes a young, you know, quarterback. What, what, what do you think about that? Could you see Coach Shaw at the Rams? Uh, you know, I could. He runs a program. We like what he's done. What he's done in college. You know, obviously he's got the pro pedigree. He's coaching the pros. His dad played in the pros. Uh, this mm-hmm. guy is 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 your program builder. I mean, I, I don't know that he's Jimmy Johnson in terms of his rah 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 attitude, but he's more like cerebral, steady, just just grind it out, build myself a program, and and I think he'd be a wonderful head coach. Oh yeah. From what Definitely. he told us, and this was yes. a couple years ago, his heart and his soul is is in college. So I believe him. Uh, I just think that at some point he'll be frustrated by the fact that you know college you got to go out there and recruit, and you obviously at Stanford you're held to a higher academic standard than you are in most of the country, right. and so the ultimate where in his profession. Is winning a Super Bowl, you know, even more than winning a national championship. So, so even though Nick Saban's doing his thing, the ultimate in that profession is winning a Super Bowl. So, and it might be easier for him to win a Super Bowl than a national championship. Ironically enough, it might actually yeah, be easier, right? At Stanford, especially at Stanford, yeah, at Stanford because he's yeah. probably hamstrung. There's probably about 25 percent of the recruits out there that are just off limits to him. Yeah, it would be fascinating. So we both. Uh, have the Patriots Thursday night Rams Seahawks is this in Seattle I think it's in Seattle I didn't get the check but Rams against the Seahawks you have not Jim Fossil his son John former Giants and Arizona Cardinals head coach um, Jim Fossil his son John Fossil uh, is the special teams coordinator so he will be the interim head coach for the next three games and I gotta believe the Rams are gonna give forth a little bit more effort. It seems like the last couple of weeks they've quit, and you you know heard that from Todd Gurley, and he was upset at the middle school offense. Um, and I you know and I gotta believe he was at the wall of frustration. Gurley hasn't whined or complained or said anything all season, and I just think when he saw his teammates kind of quitting, he just he had to say something yesterday, and he did. You know he really did, and I, I, I can you blame the man? He's had a rough season, and it's it's been frustrating. And so I think the Seahawks Rams game, I I don't it's see in Seattle, much out of by it. The way. So just if that That's makes what I thought. I I think it's going to be twenty. <laughs> I say twenty four. I'll say twenty six thirteen. 
26-13, the Seahawks get it right. It won't be easy Funny, because the, the Rams. The spread is 14, so you're just under the spread. Yeah, yeah. I think the Rams will get 13 points. I can see, you know, special teams. Maybe they even get one drive. That's pretty funny. Do you, wait, hold on. Early. I just want to tell you something. 26-13 means you had a 13-point spread and a 39 over-under. The over-under, Vegas has it at 38 at, right now, beginning of the week, and <laughs> the line is 14. So you're basically right at the line on both of them. I'm pretty good. There you go. You know, I'm Mr. Vegas. You know, you gotta take me there. So, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Seattle, but I guess obviously I would take the Rams to cover if that spread stays there, and uh, with the over. So, but uh, Russell will, will wake up enough, and I think as good as the Rams' defense is, if you push it, you can you can run and screen pass on them a little. So if Pro Procise gets a little healthy and he can go, Rawls should do okay. And uh, Jimmy Graham will, I think, have a good game. So I'll take the Seahawks on Thursday. So the Rams and teams like the Rams that have been are disappointed in a four and nine season sometimes come out and rally for their coach, and they show life and strength and spirit and raw that they didn't show all season. However, they're playing in Seattle, very tough place to play. They're playing a team that has been up and down and needs to put it together. But this team is undefeated at home, 6-0. and And I just feel like the Rams are going to take a beating. Uh, the Seahawks are going to just take it out on their next opponent, and I think they're going to put it up on them. They're going to score big. And even though the Rams have a good defense, I think their season's over. So I think folks are going to start to think about subconsciously about the plans for next year. Mm. Got the Seahawks winning this game pretty dramatically. I'll say 34 Ooh, 16. 34 the Rams defense? Yeah, it's one of those okay. things where the heart, your dagger, you got daggered. They're just not going to have the drive anymore playing for a new coach. Nothing to play for. Their division, their season's over. Done. Ouch. So let's have a little fun. we got to talk about it. We haven't touched on it too much. Let's look at the top 25 and some college hoops before we get to the NBA and a little hot stove. Ray, i got to say, I, I think we're going to wind up with a really good tournament, and because of a lot of returning players, We've got some really good teams. In the top ten, there's still like four or five undefeated teams. So Villanova is one. UCLA is two. The Kansas top 11 is three. the same as last week. You know, you realize yeah, that. Yeah, Baylor, is... Baylor's four. Now, you still have Baylor, UCLA, and Villanova in the top five undefeated. Duke is five. Then you got Kentucky, six. North Carolina, seven. Gonzaga, eight. They're undefeated. Number nine, Indiana, which I told you might be a sleeper team to win the chip. And then number 10, Creighton, who's undefeated. So, I don't know. Right right now it's still early. You know, we haven't gotten to conference play yet. Are you, you know, just like last year, it's got South Carolina still undefeated. Then, you know, when they got to play Kentucky and get in their conference, it changes. But they're 8-0 all the way down at uh, 16. I think it's kind of funny. Um, but are there some teams that are – Sort of out of the top ten that you're that you're liking. Do you like the Purdue team, the West Virginia team at twelve, maybe uh, Virginia or Xavier again, Butler down at eighteen? Give me your thoughts on some teams outside of the top ten that you like. Yeah, you know, Louisville's always one of those interesting teams because to come tournament time and you only have two days to prepare for them, they're an that interesting defense. team. Virginia, same with West Virginia, right? Uh, Huggy Bear oh, yeah, with, with his, yeah, with his press defense. Virginia, that was a team that was top five uh, preseason. Purdue has a lot of size. I, I like Purdue. Xavier, another team that can uh, that can play fundamentally, and you know they're great at home. They're struggling a little bit on the road, but there Don't are. Don't forget our boy Dylan Brooks in Oregon at twenty-two. Dylan Brooks. Well, you know. so that's a little disappointing. I personally, I think he's overrated, frankly. Uh, but Ooh. they have great recruits, uh, Dylan Brooks. I think he's good, but I'm not sure that he's a, a, a put the team on your back 
and carry them to the NCAA tournament, you know, Final Four. So he's not a player of the year candidate for you. They have him in the wooden watch, but... I don't think so. I don't think so. I think there's too many young studs that that can do more and impact the game more than he does. I mean, good scorer and he's got he's got game. Don't get me wrong, but I'm not sure he's one of those Danny Manning types where you know Danny and the Miracles where he can put Oregon on his back and take him. You know, there wasn't only one did. Danny Manning, right? No, well, we had oh, a Carmelo. Uh, we had a Purvis Ellis. Yeah, we had but... some other freshmen that did some things. Danny did it as a senior, but. Uh, you know, that was, that was so I special. really like this top ten. Um, yeah, good team. I mean, they're, they're tough. They're really a class above, uh, and and there's some sleepers outside of the top ten. But the good thing is that this top ten. I mean, if you played around Robin, you know, almost every matchup would be you know five five six four. You can't tell me that. Even Kentucky, but you can't tell me that Kentucky's so young, Duke is so young. Well, Duke gets all their talent back. Who knows? They they might just be right because they have Emil Jefferson and Allen. They've got some experience on the team. Kennard, those three guys are, are tournament tested, you know. Yeah, and and then all that freshman talent. The thing all is, the clock's ticking though. You you want the freshmen to get back on the court already because you know you want a couple months of them playing together, especially the freshmen. They don't know what they're doing. No, I, I totally, totally agree. system. So everybody has talent in the top ten, but with the one-and-done scenarios, everybody has weaknesses. And, and you know, frankly, you never know how freshmen are going to play come March. No, you're right. Before we get to the NBA, man, we got to mention the big uh, hot stove move. Um, well, I guess both. Uh, I think one's official, the Dodgers. So basically they decided they're going to keep Turner and they keep Jansen, which I think was good. I guess people were questioning because they're going to be well over $200 million where they're going to open up their you know, their pocketbooks and their salary, and they opened it up. I mean, your boy uh, Jansen, what was it, five years, like $80 million, and then Justin and Turner getting another huge deal to keep him at third. Do you like that? And do they have, the Dodgers have to do it. Yeah, they have to. I mean, once they're all in with the with the buying the team, the cable rights, the whole thing, yeah, like the they, Hill signing, yeah, they they have to go all in. Now, Kenley Jansen is probably you know top three relievers in the game. Uh, Araldo oh, Chapman yeah. just signed for the big money. Uh, Mark Melanson signed for you know pretty big money too. So. That's the market for relievers these days, right? So you got to pay him. So so they were kind of their hand was was forced, but I'm okay. I like Kenley Jansen. I think I think he's legit. You know, you figure if you, put it like this, that's their best lineup. Kershaw for seven seven and a third, seven and two thirds, and then bring Kenley Jansen in for four or five outs. I mean, that, that's their formula. The thing is, who's going to be starters number two and three on a you know on the long term basis? Well, Rich and, Hill, and then you got the young kid from last year, um, the young Mexican kid, uh, Fernando Valenzuela, part two. So maybe maybe that works out for them. Yeah, I mean that's you know. the hope, right? That's the hope. Uh, they got to figure out what they're going to do with Yasiel Puig too. Um, you know, obviously he spent time in the minors, he's back in the majors, and, and you know it might be time to part ways. It might be time to, you know, figure out what, what you're doing. Can Jock Peterson hit for average? I mean, Corey Seager, obviously, great find. He's going to be your staple for 10 years over there at shortstop. So Dodgers have talent. Dodgers should be, you know, the favorite to win the NL West again. Um, the Giants are right, you know, right there. They're going to be battling the Giants all the time. But you, you had to. You had to keep your closer intact. Yeah, definitely. So let's get, let's get to the hoops, man. As we end the show, it was an interesting weekend. And um, i got to say this, I didn't notice this or even see it. Did you hear about, not Sunday, but Saturday night, our man, CP3, 20 points, 20 assists, and no turnovers? Ray, that's like obscene. I mean, how, how perfect do you have to be to have 20 assists and no turnovers and 20 points? You He's know good, what? I'm going to say something, uh, say something disrespectful, though. Uh, I'm, uh, uh, with Chris Paul, I know he's the man, and I know he's right. great, and, and, and I know he can do that, and I don't even have any doubt. 
And, you know, frankly, he's the best pure point guard in the league. In the league, but yes. I, I no, got to no. see him do it in the playoffs. I mean, I, enough. Enough for the regular season stuff. He's shown up, though. It's more about and, Blake no, and no, DeAndre. I'm not taking any credit from him. No, I'm, yeah. I'm not taking any credit away from him. But I'm saying if, right. if, if there's any way to bottle it up, if there's any way to save it for yeah, me. Dominate, dominate June, game five, game seven. Yeah, yeah no, you're do right. It for me, do it for me but, in the Western Conference. The semis and then the Western Conference Finals. I want you. I want to see you get to a Finals. I want to see you represent the West. I want to see you go up against yeah. LeBron. Why not? He's he's too good. No, you're right. It's been too long, and he's too good. And you know, look, we saw that big matchup last weekend, and or last week, and it was just it was disgusting. And the Warriors just put it on him so bad, it was shameful. Uh, I'll say this: when the Warriors do lose, they do lose. Uh, you know pretty handily because what was it a couple nights ago they got spanked against memphis did you see how the grizzlies grizzlies put it on them i mean that was something brutal but looking at the east man lo and behold after we lost to cleveland we won three in a row we're talking to anthony and then we played cleveland and lost well we came back and we you know on the west coast trip and we just won two in a row sacramento and la i I like 14 and 10 the knicks are the number four seed Five out of you like it now, yeah, man. Depending on what happens tonight, if uh, Boston loses, we'll be the three seed. So I like it. the Knicks are playing. Look, this is basically kind of the, the the best case scenario for the Knicks, right? Fourteen and ten is about what the talent level is. We talk about depth. Knicks don't have much depth. They have a decent, you know, five or six man rotation. But Derrick Rose other, is looking good, Ray. Did you see him in L.A.? He looked good. He did. He did. And if, and if he can give you those minutes and Brandon Jennings can Gosh. come off the bench and spark the team, and, and if you can get a little bit more out of Courtney Lee, uh, then your backcourt's yeah. decent. You're, you know your front court can play, uh, and everybody plays their role, right? Noah's the, the defender, the rebounder. O'Quinn off the bench is decent. Porzingis and – and my man, my and I like fellow. Hernan Gomez gives us quality Hernan Gomez minutes. Hernan been playing a little more recently, yeah, which is and good. And solid, yeah. Shot blocking, some size. So you know what? The Knicks are a solid team, night in and night out. Uh, they're not as good as Toronto. They're not as good as the Celtics. Yeah. Right? Not, not as good. But we're as ahead the of Boston. Boston. Charlotte's the one we need to lose tonight. We're ahead of Boston right now. Charlotte's the third seed. Boston's down at six right now. Yeah, but you know we gotta give we gotta give some love to what your boy Russell just did. Now look, seven triple doubles. He tied Jordan with the forty and tens, and he's uh, got seven all time forty and tens. Now against Boston last night, he didn't get the eighth or you know the eighth triple double in a row. But Ray, he winds up with what was it like thirty six? He scored like over twenty in the second half, twelve rebounds, and only six assists. But, I mean, he's so good that it's like it's almost criminal, right, to expect this every night. But when half his games, he's got a triple-double. I mean, and and you're right, it's going to be hard because of the assists because that means he's got to rely on his teammates. Six assists is not a bad night, but, you know. Another guy that it's going to be so hard. I mean, he plays so hard that – you almost want him to take a couple months off. <laughs> you can't do this for 82 games and then do it for another 20, 25 more in the playoffs. I mean, how about your boy, Big Game James? The Rockets are the fourth seed. They're 17 and seven. They're basically they're they're tied with the Clippers for the third seed. Didn't, the Rockets didn't, are doing hip hop, but, but if you listen to me, if you listen to me in our preseason, yeah. yes, I you, told you, you were kind of. I told you that. And I told you that they would be the fourth seed and they would have a great record. And I told you that Russell Westbrook would win MVP, but I told you that James Harden's stats would be through the roof as well. So to me, this is a case. But is it Decker and Montrez Harrell getting better and Clint Capella improving? And I mean. I know you you haven't had crazy confidence in Eric Gordon, but he him and Ryan Anderson are the perfect fit. They're the, they seem to be, they're playing well, and they seem to be the perfect fit for James. You know what? And I guess you gotta say to yourself, there's a certain style of basketball by 
And if you can give him the talent, then Mike D'Antoni and his teams can win games. Now, yep. he didn't have the 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 teams in New York that he had in Phoenix, and you could argue that the offensive talent on this Houston team is better than than he had in New York, but and even in LA to some degree because they were more you know, remnant yeah. of the triangle system. But this team offensively is a juggernaut, and if you can get these young kids to play, they can win games. They're scary. They're a tough out, you know. And again, in the seven game yeah. series, and when it slows down in the playoffs, they'll probably lose. But in the regular season, this is a tough, tough team. And James Harden is just is just. Just as much as Russell Westbrook, maybe a hair less. The ball's in his yeah. hand all game. He's a 90% free throw shooter. He's six seven. He's too big for the guards. He's too fast for the forwards. And he, and he's a lefty. And he's just hard to guard. He's difficult. He is difficult. Well, look, it's a, been a great show. We're um, you know working and having some more guests come on with with us soon. So stay tuned for that. We will definitely be back Friday and. Um, it's going to be a good sports week. So strap in, enjoy it, enjoy the NBA and college tonight, enjoy ESPN and uh, Monday Night Football. This is going to be a doozy, Ray. So um, have a good sports week. Thanks for listening. We are out.